The Healthy Golf Podcast, Episode 30, The Monthly Mash with Andrew Roberts. Welcome to The Healthy Golf Podcast, a podcast designed to help you transform your golf game and your life. Join your host, Dr. Joe O, as he chats with experts on all things golf performance to keep you feeling great and playing your best on and off the course. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Healthy Golf Podcast, and we have another edition of the Monthly Mash. So you have uh, myself, Joe, and our other lovely co-host, Andrew. Welcome, Andrew. Thank you very much for having me again, Joe. As always. Um, how's uh, how's everything going on your side of the country? Well, it's, it's good. Obviously, we've got an advantage over the uh, Midwest and Northeastern people. Uh, we can play golf all year round, so... Uh, Obviously, still working on my game. Uh, Going to take the Titleist Performance Institute Level One cert a week from Saturday on the twelfth. So pretty excited about that. But uh, yeah, it's been good. Awesome, man. Yeah, it's starting to get starting to get chillier here. I think tomorrow might be the last decent day because uh, the high is supposed to be like forty-seven or forty-eight, I think, and sunny. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, I think the highs for most of next week are in the. 30s and it's supposed to snow on sunday and monday i think so yeah tomorrow might be the last nice day potentially yeah i remember those days in iowa where you could uh get if you got into november playing golf you're doing pretty good or you could start before because like usually it was like april to like end of october was the golf course season but sometimes it's november depending on the weather right yeah, I think uh, most people are pretty happy so far up here that they've been able to golf pretty much through November, and now we're into you know first few days of December. So that's yeah. that's always good. Global warming for you. So thank uh, you, I yeah, guess. But, one way. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Global warming, climate change, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> so real quick, how about uh, how about that Masters? I mean, Dustin Johnson seriously put on a clinic, and uh, I don't think there's really much else to say <laughs> besides no. that he uh, showed you how to play. No, there's not. And, um, you know, the, the question for him had been lingering for a few years, like, when are you going to win another one? And the, the lingering question before was, when are you going to win one? And obviously, we remember the 2015 U.S. Open at Chambers Bay. I remember where I was. I was just sitting and watching it in my apartment. And I'm like, first off, he's got an eagle putt to win. Like, you think he's going to make it? It's downhill. Then he blows it way by. And then he blows the next putt way by and Jordan Spieth wins. And we're all like, you know, when's DJ going to win? He's super talented, you know, all this. Then he finally wins the next year at Oakmont. Then the question has been lingering for the next year, you know, a few years. Now he's the number one player in the world. Once again, when is he going to win another major? When is he going to win another big tournament? Obviously, he won the FedEx Cup this year, won his $15 million, you know, did whatever him and Paulina do with that money. Um, but then he thoroughly dominated the Masters. It, you know, first two rounds, a lot of players were up there pretty close uh, to the lead. Uh, obviously, the big story in the week was was Tiger. You know, can he defend? Uh, you know, Phil, can he compete? You know, how's Brooks doing all this? Um, not really that Dustin got lost in the shuffle, but, I mean, there were some other storylines, like can Roy complete the Grand Slam? Um, but he just put on a clinic over the weekend, and you – like, he putted really well, but that is some of the best ball striking I have ever witnessed. I mean, he drove – I think I think Saturday he had all 14 fairways. I mean, that's yep. – for a guy that long 
to be that straight is unfathomable because, you know, we've watched Bryson DeChambeau, we talked about it a couple monthly matches ago, that he didn't really spray it all over the U.S. Open, but he definitely wasn't super accurate. He had, like, the third lowest driving accuracy ever for a U.S. Open champion. And, and DJ, you know, was the exact opposite because, you know, at the U.S. Open, Bryson got away with it, which I thought he couldn't, but, you know, kudos to him. But at the Masters... You know, it showed that that accuracy was a premium, and it's not a super tight course, but you've got to pick the right lines and commit to it and hit it. And and DJ did that all week, and he and he putted really well for the most part, um, and you know walked away with the title by multiple shots over Cam and Smith. So um, kudos to him. Yeah, also impressive that Cam Smith shot under under par for all four rounds and still lost. I mean, that's pretty yeah. crazy. So only player to ever do that in masters history. Just let that sink in folks. He yeah. shot four rounds under 70 and he still couldn't beat DJ because DJ shot two shot 65, the opening round 65 on Saturday. So, um, yeah, pretty crazy. DJ, I think shot even or one under on Friday, but yeah. So, uh, but yeah, that's still impressive for cam Smith, that kind of consistency. Um, he's a guy that probably should be in the conversation of a of next major champion along with the Rom or a Fowler or, or somebody along those lines because he has been he's been really consistent on the PGA tour for the last two or three years. Uh, won the Sony Open last year, uh, was a great player in the President's Cup along with Abraham Answer from Mexico. Um, so uh, his time's coming. It's just a matter of uh, it's just a matter of when, not if. Yeah, pretty much. And now we're we're winding down on the tour for, for this calendar year. We have the Mayakoba this week, mm-hmm. and right now Russell Knox is in the lead. There's some big names in, in this tournament, and uh, surprisingly, like Justin Thomas, he's sitting seven back. And, uh, yeah, have you have you caught any of the today's well, action? No, I haven't caught any of today's action. I mean, I'll watch it uh, just because, you know, throughout the week I'm busy with documentation paperwork. Sometimes I catch up on YouTube stuff. But um, this is a, I believe it's a Greg Norman design with somebody else. This is a co-design with somebody. Um, they played this same place for several years. Uh, it's kind of interesting because the last two champions have been Brendan Todd and Matt Kuchar. Not long players, but accurate ball strikers, uh, great iron players, and, and pretty good putters. Um, and if you guys remember, last year, Brendan Todd won back-to-back starts. He won Bermuda, and then he won here at Mayakoba. Obviously, Mayakoba was played, I believe, in November last year. It's in December this year. Um, and we've already had the Bermuda Championship where Brian Gay won. Um, but the last few champions at Mayakoba have been uh, pretty good ball strikers and very accurate drivers. So um, for Russell Knox to be at the top of the list, it doesn't surprise me. Um, it's at Playa del Carmen, Mexico, um, which is near the Gulf of Mexico. So there's, it's a little bit windy. So Russell Knox being from Scotland, I mean, it's kind of his uh, cup of tea, uh, no pun intended there, but, uh, yeah, it's not surprising that he is Kepka's at even, um, Thomas is at one over, uh, Ricky Fowler is at one under, uh, a lot of players have been talking about him this week. Uh, Tony Finau, Victor Hovland are at four under. So, um, it should be a good tournament to close out the year. Uh, with the month-long break, uh, then going into the uh, Century Tournament of Champions uh, at the beginning of January, start the year in Maui. Yeah, a lot of people have been uh, talking about Ricky because he's sitting on the cusp of world top 50, basically. And if he 
anyone that's in the world top 50 going into January 1st is guaranteed an invite to the masters, which is only a short five months away. And, um, obviously he hasn't had much of an issue getting into the masters in years past. You know, he's won a tournament here or there he's, he's been even further up in the world rankings, but now he's cutting it close along with a couple of other guys. Mm-hmm. And, uh, today just kind of crazily, he had eight birdies, but like you said, he's only one under cause he, had a he played like a an amateur on one hole where he shot a an eight basically I believe it was an eight yeah and well just goes to show that that's golf yeah it it is and he had a double on the front still shot a two under so that's pretty impressive uh, but yeah the last couple of years Ricky Fowler um, you know obviously the, the pressure has been there probably the guy that has been mentioned most often uh, guy that should have won a major by now. Um, he's dealt with the pressure throughout his career was a standout star at Oklahoma state um, and, and played pretty well early on in the PGA tour. It took him a while to win. He finally won at the Wells Fargo, I believe back in 2012. Um, he's won a player's championship. So he has won a big tournament, but he's uh, he's, you know, he's come close to majors. There was one year, I think it was 2016, that he finished top four in all four majors. So it's not like he hasn't been competitive and close. It's just the last couple of years, like you said, the consistency has not been there. And usually being in the top 20, top 15, the world rankings now, he's down at, I believe, 50th. He's right on the he's right on the line at, at number 50. Um, the guy who made a move last week, I know we don't talk about it a lot, but on the European tour, uh, Alfred Dunhill Wings Championship in South Africa. Uh, Christian Bazanenholtz won that, and he was 60th going into the week. So I believe he has moved up, I think, to 48th or 47th. So he is pretty close to guaranteeing his invite uh, to the Masters um, as well. And uh, so, yeah, these, these players at Mayakoba, they have two tournaments on the European Tour this week, the South African Open. Um, or, yeah, it's at a... One, a Gary player just uh, own country club down in uh, South Africa, I think Sun City. And uh, golf in Dubai, they're playing. They have two courses on the property, the Fire and the Earth course. The Fire course is hosting this week. And then the European Tours DP uh, World Tour Championship will be on the Earth course next week, which they have played the last several years to determine the race to Dubai winner. So. Um, ample opportunities for players, whether they're on the PGA tour, you know, this week is the last week or the next two weeks on the European tour. So should be interesting to watch to see who gets in the top 50. Um, you know, rookie is obviously a fan favorite and he'd like to be there. Um, and if he doesn't get there yet, I mean, he's got ample opportunities from now until March, but he doesn't want to, uh, wait till the last minute as well. So. Um, I know these last couple of years for him have been kind of disappointing, but, uh, you know, he's, he's trying to find some consistency and that's, uh, that's what he's looking for. Yep. And, uh, before we get into one of our other topics we want to talk about, did you, uh, did you watch the match three at all? I did. I did. And the funny thing is, is the match three was down at Stone Canyon, which is in my state. I'm currently in Arizona in Oro Valley which is 10 miles north of Tucson. Um, so if anybody knows where that's at, it, it is a Phil Mickelson-owned property. Um, I mean, I've liked all, all, all three of the matches. Um, I, I like the format. I think 
I really liked Match 2 the best because I like having Tiger and Phil and, and Peyton Manning and, and, and Tom Brady were great. It was good having two pros and then two amateurs. I think that format was good. I mean, the Match 1 was great. It was at a great course, Shadow Creek. We saw it this year for the CJ Cup, and it was great seeing those things. Match 3, I, I liked it, one, because it, it was in Stone Cannon and it was in my home state. So I'm like, ah, I know where that's at, even though it's a, it's a private private course. But and, and the format was good. I really liked the format. But trying to watch Charles Barkley hit a golf ball sometimes is still pretty painful. I mean, Steph Curry's a really good golfer. Um, and, and Peyton Manning's not too bad either, but, you know, I, I want to see a couple pros play against a couple amateurs. So I'd love to see the match four, um, like Phil Mickelson. You know, if they go back Tiger, I'd be fine with that. Um, if they bring somebody else in, like Justin Thomas or Rory or Justin Rose or somebody like that, I'd be cool. Um, and either pair them up with, like, amateurs or even, like, LPGA golfers. I'd love to see a mixed combination, like Phil Mickelson and Daniel Kim with, uh, you know, like, Tiger Woods and Ellie Corder or like the Corder sisters, Jessica Corder or, you know, like Stacy Lewis or something like that. I, I think that would be fun too. Um, just because, you know, some of the LPGA tour, some of the LPGA stars, uh, uh, some of them said like, yeah, it'd be cool to have a mixed couples event. So I think it'd be cool or to do kind of a similar format, uh, that they did with the match too, in a sense. Um, and I don't know where they'd have it at because they've had it, in Florida, they've had it in Nevada, they've had it in Arizona, maybe California, maybe, you know, somewhere else. I don't know, you know, but it that's the kind of format I like to see. But I thought the match three was entertaining for some bits. I thought Phil was on top of his game. I thought his sarcasm was great. I thought Peyton Manning's sarcasm was often like, your swing thought is open the refrigerator door, close the refrigerator door when they're on the ring. Like the behind the scenes, it was funny. But yeah. um yeah, I'd kind of like to see it go back to the match too. Um, yeah, no, no, nothing yeah. against nothing against Steph Curry and Charles and uh, Peyton Manning and Charles Barkley. Um, and Steph Curry's a great golfer. If they brought him back for another one, I'd love it because I'm a Steph Curry fan or Peyton Manning or Charles Barkley. You know, but bring another pro in there. I think yeah, we don't get the pros credit. Like, I mean, Tiger and Phil and Justin Thomas and some of those guys are ultimate trash talkers. Because if you watch the Payne Valley, that the Tigers course when they did that special, I mean, Justin Thomas, his trash talk game was on point with like Rory and Justin. It was hilarious. So I'd like to see kind of a combination of those two things for the. Yeah, the. the, uh, I never saw the match one, like the first match. I've I've seen bits and pieces of it, but I heard it was okay for what it was. It, it, It was it was good. Until they got to the 18th and they kept playing this 90-yard shot, it's like maybe let them play a hole. Like it, yeah. make them play 18 once, or like we know the holes. Like make them play 18 and then maybe 17 that short part three. I think that would have been fun, but I don't know. It's just the format they came up with. I thought everything besides that ending was I, I thought was satisfactory with that. Yeah, and then the match two was amazing. Um, oh, I thought yeah. that was great. Yeah, I match thought, three I was good. Was be- I thought that was the best one so far. Yeah, the match I mean, three was good. It was yeah. entertaining, yeah. but and like I, you I, said, I think not having two pros was pretty tough, honestly. Because well, yeah, it's just and I think yeah, and I think one is all three courses have been standout features of each match. Shadow Creek is awesome. We saw it for the CJ Cup. 
the medalist, tons of pros play there, but it just to watch it on TV was awesome. And, and Stone Valley, I mean, Stone Canyon and Oro Valley, one, it's a, it's a Jay Morris design, and Jay Morris does a lot of courses around Arizona, and I really like his architecture. Um, he's very heavy into bunkers and kind of dog legs and, and visual. Sometimes he'll, he'll give you something that's visually intimidating, but you can't see the rest of it. You know, like the fairway or something, he'll put a bunker or something in front. So I love that. I, but I would agree with you that the format of the match, two, two pros, two amateurs, I think is great. Um, I thought, I mean, I mean, Phil was great the entire time. I love Phil. I loved Phil Mickelson. I love Phil Mickelson. Um, I love Peyton Manning with that. It's just try, like nothing against Charles Barkley. He's better, but it, it's hard to watch him sometimes. I mean, I remember years watching the American Century um, Celebrity Championship they do every year at Lake Tahoe and when Barkley's swim was terrible. I almost wanted to like change the channel and then they finally got into good golfers like Mark Mulder and Marty Fish and all those guys. But, yeah, I would say the match two was the best. Um, I think match three would still be second because I like the format, the course, everything. Match one was just the pioneering one, like, to try it out. So I think if they pick a good course somewhere in the United States, you know, I don't care where, whatever time, as long as it's it's decent weather or good or, you know, and they have two pros and they do like two amateurs or like maybe two LPGAers or something. I think that would be really cool for it. Yeah, I agree. I think sticking with two pros and two amateurs or some sort of format like that would be best. Yeah. Not that like Steph Curry and Peyton Manning were, were bad. They didn't have the greatest day and yeah. it, they were definitely both pitted against Phil Mickelson, which again, it's his home course. Like he owns it. He knows well, it like the back of his hand. Of, it's one of his home. It's one of his home courses. It's not as because now he lives in Florida, but it's a. He owns a lot of properties around Arizona, so he's he's probably played this course. Yeah, and, and Steph Curry, for those of you that don't know, is a scratcher, a plus one golfer. He is very good. He played in the LMA Classic for two years on the used to be the Web.com now it's the Corn Ferry Tour, and he held his own for a while. But that course is extremely difficult. I mean. Even you and I would, would struggle on that, you know. But, um, you know, it's it's just like you said, it was, you know, two amateurs against a pro and an amateur. It, you know, yeah. and, and not that not that they rushed the format, but I think that was the best thing they could get at that time. Right, yeah. And unfortunately, I think that, it, to me, it just didn't seem like Steph and Peyton really clicked at all. They didn't have no, they didn't. too much of a game plan, and there wasn't there wasn't very good chemistry between the two of them. And I could, I saw that right from the first hole. I was like, man, this they just seem awkward together. I don't know well, why I, or, or that, what it Stephen, is. Stefan in the fairway and Payne hit a duck hook, so I think more people could relate to Payne hitting a duck hook than, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, uh, they did not do so well as people thought they were going to do, and. Uh, Charles Barkley actually think, swung a little bit better. Yeah, and I think the thought was Peyton and Steph were the favorites because they thought Charles would drag Phil down. They thought it would be too much. But, I mean, Charles, for the most part, played about as good as he could have. I yeah. Mean, you know, he didn't play terrible. No, he didn't. But, you know, I the, it was funny. I thought the, the best moment was, I think it was 10 or 11 where he missed the four-foot putt. And, and Phil was <laughs> like, oh, you got to aim a little bit this way. And it's like. How many times has he told an amateur that in a pro-am? 
Like I, I bet a hundred. <laughs> right. So uh, one thing that we wanted to talk about on this episode, since we're definitely headed into the off season for a majority of people is things to focus on um, as a golfer um, and focus on not only like for your golf game, but also just health fitness wise. Um, so, I mean, just starting off, I mean, I would just say if you don't have some sort of workout plan or a fitness plan that you're already doing or have a plan, that should be one of your first things to think about. I would also say that one of your next things before you even do that is to decide and think about what your goals were this year. How did you do in terms of meeting them and then set your goals for next year? That way you can really develop a plan fitness wise and uh, just your, your game on the course as well. Yeah, I would hundred percent agree with that. Um, so, you know, if we go from the golf side, you know, um, there's tons of apps that you can track, you know, your scores, the amount of fairways you hit, stuff like that. I think we've talked about that before. So just kind of take a glance at that. So, you know, if, if you're not driving the ball well, think about, okay, where am I missing fairways? Is it with my driver? Is it with my fairway woods? Is it with my hybrid? Is it with, you know, driving irons or even just regular irons off the tee on, you know, par fours or whatever. So, you know, kind of hone in. If it's irons, what are you missing with? Are you missing with, you know, for those of you that have enough swing speed, is it the long irons or is it hybrids or is it the mid? Is it the short irons? You know, have, have some thoughts, short game, putting, same thing. Where are you missing most? You know, is it the three foot putts? Is it the chips from around the green? Is it the chips out of the rough? Is it your bunker play? You know, you don't have to come up with 12 or 15, but just pick a few out. I mean, especially if you're a high or even a middle handicapper, if you improve some things better, you're probably going to shoot five to 10 shots better. If you just pick out a few things, I mean, yeah, I like, I like what you said is think about where you were missing. I, I know we talked about this before on a past one and, um, I like to use 18 birdies to just track some stuff. I don't pay for any upgrades or anything like that, but they allow you to basically track fairways hit, mm-hmm. you know, putts and some other things too, like chip shots, sand shots, all those kinds of things. And before, you know, it looks like for me, I don't hit a lot of fairways, but a lot of times I'm not in a bad spot either. Like I'm in the rough, but I still have a shot at the hole. And so you need to think about looking more at, you know, are you missing the fairway, but you're missing the fairway so badly that you've got to lose a stroke to punch out of the woods or that you're leaving yourself with a poor shot to the green, or are you just in the rough and you still have a shot? Like those are, those are the differences that really make an idea of where you need to really improve upon. Cause if you're still like not in the fairway, but you're in the rough, a majority of the time, but you're not losing a stroke by punching out or anything along those lines, then you're still not doing bad off the tee. Like that's probably okay. But if you're, you know, chunking your approach shot and you're leaving more than 50 yards after your second shot into the green, you know, on a par four, then that's probably where you need to do more of your work versus hitting it into the fairway. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and it, you know, I use something similar. It's, golf shot gps uh for those of you that don't know they're out of tempe arizona so that's why i use them but no um but it's similar it's similar because it shows me fairways and then it shows me am i missing the fairway left am i missing it right 
you know, did you not get there? Did you hit it too far? You know, stuff like that. Irons, greens, and regulation. Uh, chipping. It also has sand saves with chipping. Um, putts, either putts per round or putts per green and regulation. And then uh, scoring average on par threes, par fours, par fives. You know, and then it also gives you the wheel of this is how the percentage of your eagles, your birdies, your pars, your bogeys, doubles or more. And it shows you the wheel. So then it can kind of be like, okay, am I making double because, like you said, am I having to punch out of the woods or I'm in a tight lie and the only shot is to punch back out of the fairway? Is it because I'm missing greens and my chipping around the greens or my bunker player things like that sucks? Or my two, three putting or more on the greens or my missing short putts. So, yeah, those are just some things you need to figure out because for a lot of you from now, you're going to have like three, three and a half months until you hit another golf shot in a course. It doesn't mean like a simulator or something like that, but it's going to be another three, three and a half months, which is, you know, we're talking like 12 to 15 weeks. So plenty of time to put together a plan and to start executing it and then tweak it as the seat, as you get closer to the season. Yep. And if you want to make any big changes, especially to your swing or anything like that, if you're going to work with a swing coach or however you're going to do it, you know, this is the time to do it, not during the Mm -hmm. season. And I would definitely, even though you can't get out and there's nothing like getting out on the course and hitting a shot, you know, off the actual ground. But if you have an opportunity to just swing the club 15 to 30 times once a week, like that's going to be able to at least keep your coordination and, and those mechanics down regardless if you're changing your swing or not. And even if it's on a simulator or not, even if yeah. you don't even hit a ball, like go outside, bundle up if it's too cold and just, just get it done. I mean, it, you're going to save yourself a lot of time later, especially over, like Andrew said, 12 to 16 weeks of time, not swinging a club. If you don't swing club at all over that time, it's going to be uh, bad news bears. Once you start the season out again. Yeah. Cause uh, you know, we, we talk about this. Um, Joe has gone through TPI. I'm currently going through TPI. And, you know, it, it requires so much stuff. So it requires you being in sync with your body and your rhythm, understanding how your body swings the golf club, not anybody else. You know, so if you take that 12 to 16 weeks off, that motor control coordination pattern of the backswing, top, follow through, everything, I mean, it's, it, it just becomes harder. So that's what Joe's saying. Put in the reps. If you want to make some swing changes with your swing coach or your instructor, go ahead and do it. If you can get on a simulator, do it. Sometimes these places are, you know, with the golf simulator, they may be at a golf shop or they may be at something else. Sometimes they have leagues. If you have enough, if it's cheap enough or you have the financial stability to do it, maybe think about joining a a league during that time because it keeps it somewhat competitive. But yet you can still hit some swings, hit some golf clubs. I know it's not exactly the same, but, you know, that's just kind of where where it is. But have a plan for these next 12 to 16 weeks is kind of what we're saying. And, yep. you know, we'll, we'll do probably a couple of monthly match, matches between there. So if you guys come up with specific questions for those goals or things like that, don't hesitate to reach out. And then we can kind of delve into it here or sometimes with – Joe's tip Tuesday, or, you know, if you want me to start doing some videos on stuff like this, you know, go ahead and shoot us that. Yeah, definitely. Um, we always say this, we're more than open to answer any questions or help you guys out with anything. And I mean, um, just send them, send them our way and we'll, we'll more than 
be happy to answer them on the podcast and, and get them taken care of. Um, now that's more of the golf side of things. Um, same thing goes for like health and fitness, right? I mean, you need to decide yep. on what you want to really work on. And this can still be golf related. If you want more distance or club head speed, this is going to be a little bit more in the realm of sort of, I mean, there are other things that make up club head speed, but um, like obviously your biomechanics with your swing and your equipment and stuff like that. But when it comes to your body, those things are going to contribute to that. You know, maybe you put on some, some weight during quarantine or, or this year, which I'm sure I've heard from a lot of people that it was uh, that that happened and you want to take care of that one again figure out what your plan is decide what you want to do make a tangible goal you have to write it down and it needs to be there and you just have to set out a plan to do it because motivation can only get you so far in fact um it usually doesn't get you there it's just that continuous day in and day out of doing things will reach you your goal but you need to decide what your goal is otherwise you're just going to be following along a road that has no endpoint basically, which is usually not how you get to places. Um, and basically I would say you should start now too. If you have an idea of what you want to do, don't wait for January 1st. Like everyone else you have, what's today? The third, um, what 28 more days, 28 more days of the year left to take care of something. Might as well start that habit now. Yeah. And I will tell you this, not, to generalize something, but during these, during the off season time, this is an absolutely perfect time to get focused on strength. Okay. A lot of times when people are in season, whatever sport, whether it's a golf, basketball, volleyball, things like that, uh, with, with people in the strength and conditioning world, such as myself that I was in quite heavily, but you know, still am a little bit, but not as much. Um, in the off season, strength is the thing that is really emphasized. So building up the strength in the beginning, you know, at a, a kind of a lower to moderate intensity would be a good thing, you know, to do. So whether it's like squat, deadlift, um, if you guys like bench, you know, overhead pressing, lunges, you know, just anything, you know, build up strength probably the first month and a half, two months. And then as you get closer to the season, you know, kind of lower lower the weight down, lower to moderate, um, you know, you, you probably could go heavy a few days, but start ramping up the intensity and ramping up the volume a little bit, because when you're in in season training, the volume is a touch higher. The strength is a lot lower, but the intensity is much higher as well. So, um, kind of, as you get closer to the golf season, maybe, you know, three to four weeks before start bumping up the intensity. Um, just because with the golf, you do need strength, obviously. Helps with club head speed, helps with using the ground, that ground reaction force, helps uh, creating just just anything, the pull from the downswing, things of that nature. Um, but start to emphasize intensity and also power. You know, you need a lot of power in the golf swing. So you need to be able to handle a lot of force when you swing it, impact, uh, multiple swings, repetitive motions throughout the round. So um, that's kind of the way I would approach it the first couple of months, you know, working on strength two, two and a half months. And then as you get closer to the season, rep up the more about the power and the intensity from there. Yeah, definitely. Just another added benefit of strength training is that it can uh, really help with 
reducing any uh, potential for injury um, mm-hmm. because you are torquing your body significantly during the golf swing, even if you do have a lower swing speed and um, you're putting a lot of forces along your body and increasing your muscle mass and just your strength of the muscles and the tendons will reduce any likelihood for injury. So always a good reason to get stronger. And then, yeah, I basically, I would hundred percent agree with what Andrew said. Um, I typically like to keep some of my clients still going with some power work, but if you do have a true off season where you're like me and you're in the Northeast where you're not going to be able to go play golf, you know, at least once a week or twice a week, whatever it is that you do, it is a really good time to get strong. Like if you really want to focus on just getting strong, this is the time to do it and just lift heavy weights. Whereas like if you're living where Andrew is and you still have the opportunity to play some golf weekly, you may not necessarily want to go super heavy unless you're going to take some time off. There's lots of ways to go about it. It's not an exact science and there is a little bit of an art to it, but um, this is the best time to get strong. Um, but I would recommend, um, you know, whatever your situation is always obviously reaching out to a professional to get something uh, done specifically for you because you can find a program online. You can find pretty much anything online to just guide you along the way, but it's not specific to you or what you need or want. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. If you guys got the chance to connect with somebody, uh, whether it's a trainer um, somebody within the fitness industry or professional that, that works well, um, knows golf, maybe plays golf or has worked with a, a lot of golfers. Um, you know, everybody's an individual. That's why there's no two swings that are alike either. So you got to know what's best for your body. Some people can, can maybe able to do one or two heavy sessions a week while they're still in season. Some people may not, um, some people may need low to moderate. Some people can handle higher intensities and volume. Some people cannot. So that's why it's good to consult with a uh, qualified uh, fitness professional, um, you know, somebody that has a, a background in this. Um, like Joe said, don't go willy-nilly on the Internet. Be like, oh, just because Bryson or, or Rory or, or Brooks or, or uh, DJ or, you know, whatever does it. I mean, it's nice to kind of listen to those trainers and hear what they do. And a lot of those things may fit you, but it doesn't exactly, you know, fit you. I mean, the basics don't change, but how to execute them, how to do the reps and sets and schemes of that and the variations of it may be slightly different for you, um, depending on a multitude of factors. So it doesn't hurt to consult with somebody that you trust and, you know, put together a plan for you that would be very beneficial instead of just picking something as sometimes we call in the fitness and medical industry cookie cutter. Yeah. And, um, I had something that I was going to say and now I just definitely escaped my mind. Um, but yeah, either way I would just say, you know, find something, set out a plan to do it and then go for it now. Basically, um, this is, there's no better time than now to get started and to do something like this especially if you really want to make a change in your golf game or just your overall health and fitness or combine the two. This is, this is honestly the best time to do it. You might as well start now, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, those are, I would say those are my big suggestions for an off season plan without having to get too nitty gritty. Obviously everyone's going to be a little bit different, so it's going to be too hard to get in too def- like 
detailed specifics here. Um, yeah. but do you have anything else? No, not really. I mean, I, I would just say, you know, I mean, it, it, it depends on the individual. Um, and if somebody wants to put the work in and, you know, uh, trust somebody to put together a program and they execute and they stay consistent. I mean, you'll probably reap the rewards coming next spring or even for people in my area, you, you may be able to, may be able to rep the rewards within, you know, several months, stuff like that. So, yep. um, it, it's anytime's a good time, but, um, now, especially with people that live in colder climates, this is a perfect time because you can kind of assess where you're at. Um, maybe consult with, you know, if you do have a golf instructor, swing coach, do I need to change anything? Um, you know, change your swing, then consult with a, you know, fitness, somebody strength and conditioning, personal trainer that knows golfers. Um, and then obviously take care of your body. I mean, eat proper nutrition, um, and get enough sleep and make sure that if you're doing moderate to heavy sessions or higher intensity, that you're getting enough recovery, that if you want to do it on consistent days that you're able to do it you know? Um, so yeah, those are the things I would say. Yeah, definitely. Um, the other thing that we were going to talk about since the holidays, we just, uh, got through big, big sales stretch of black Friday through cyber Monday. And, <laughs> or, uh, or, as, uh, or as Jimmy Fallon joked every day since March, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're heading into the holiday season. There's lots of uh, golf deals happening, lots of things coming out, new equipment, all yep. kinds of stuff is changing. Mm-hmm. Um, did you take advantage of anything, Andrew, over uh, Black Friday, Cyber Monday? I didn't take advantage of anything over Black Friday, Cyber Monday. Mm-hmm. I got, um, I took advantage. I think Dix is running some like 25 to 75% off. So I got a, a quarter zip Nike. Um, I still, I still am thinking about getting a hoodie because uh, thank you, Tyrrell Hatton. And Rory wore one at the Zozo, so that was another good one. So thinking about that. Um, no, that's about the only thing. I mean, there's there's been some uh, there's been some pretty good deals out there. I mean, Nike Nike's running some deals right now. Dix is running some deals. Um, since Dix owns Golf Galaxy, there might be some deals on there. Uh, maybe PGA Tour Superstore. Um, yeah, I mean, now now would be the now would be the time. Uh, Possibly if some of you are looking at equipment changes with some of the stuff from 2020, not saying it's bad, but, you know, like the new drivers and woods and some other things coming in 2021 uh, might be a good time to, to catch some deals on some things. Yep. Yeah. I, um, I asked for some new, uh, night. I, I, they're definitely coming. Uh, then my wife is getting them for me for Christmas. So the Nike Roshi G tour, um, <laughs> I just yeah. got, I just got a pair. I just got a, that's the other thing. I just got a pair of Roshi G tours, the Carolina blue and white ones. Oh man. I wanted those. They didn't have my size. 50 bucks. That's all I paid. They were hundred. Yeah. That's what, yeah. Yep. yep. I got, yep. We got them for 50 bucks. I had to get the black, black though. Oh, okay. Well, they're still, yep. I, honestly, they're one of the most, well, I have them in the air zoom infinity tour and they're both really comfortable, but the Rashi G's I played with for the first time last week and they were, uh, they were really good. They were really responsive. Well, so yeah, that's yeah. They'll like that's them. good to hear. Like them, yeah. Good to hear. Well, they're based and, on the Rashi G shoe, but then they made it right. Into a shoe, so they got a little cushioning at the bottom and spikes and everything. So, um, no, they they were really awesome. Yeah. I was, yeah, I was, I was reading reviews. Well, yeah. Once I saw it, they were on sale. Well, 
Yeah, it it's the shoe that like um, Tommy Fleetwood, Rory McIlroy, Rory, yeah, the one that he designed that Air. I can't remember what it was, like Air Max something. Um, but yeah, a lot of the Nike guys on tour wear them. Besides like Finau, Jason Day, Brooks Koepka, but yeah. So. Yeah, well, that's good to know. I'm excited for that. And yeah, I believe so I'm getting a yeah. uh, new putter grip. That's for sure. Mine yeah, is I, uh, deteriorating. Got, yeah, so I've got, yeah, well, I'm trying to get, like I said, I've told people on the podcast before, I'm trying to get new woods and irons. So, um, but I bought another Super Stroke Countercore Flatso 2.0 because that's what they put on the putter. I got fitted for February and it's been great. So I just got to take it down and get it regripped uh, sometime. Probably in January is probably when I'll do it. So, because mine's nice. not wore down too bad, but it's starting to wear down. Yeah. So, yeah. The only other thing I had asked for is um, just some grips for my irons and my driver. They're yeah. pretty old. And yeah. just so I went to um, the local like golf store. It's called Golf and Ski. They obviously do golf yeah, and well, wintertime stuff. <laughs> yeah. So I went there one day just to go check out some of the grips. And then I was just checking out some putters. Man, that tailor-made spider. Yeah. That well, is nice. Yeah. The the three. One, yeah. Well, obviously, Scotty Cameron is in the market. Odyssey with anything. I saw their new ones for 2021. It's a white hot. And I can't remember what the model's called. But it, they're coming out with another white hot line. That'll be around in 2021. I saw the pictures on either, is either my golf spy equipment junkie or golf WRX one of the two. Um, but TaylorMade, TaylorMade has made significant gains in the putter market, and the Spider is part of the reason. Um, you know, yeah, Dustin Johnson. It, it is nice. Yeah, Dustin Johnson has a Spider Mini. Uh, John Rahm had the gold one. He's got a chalk Spider putter this year. Uh, Morikawa has putted with a little bit. He's kind of a He's kind of a tinkerer with putters. Matt Wolf's got one in his bag. Roy McIlroy. I mean, and even non-Taylorman staffers have been in their bag. They're probably, yeah, they, they might be getting close to one of the most popular putters on tour. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and I can see why. It looks great. It's got high MOI. It's got the right amount of lines, alignment aids. And I'm sure the fa- I don't know, how did the face feel? I liked it. I know a lot of um, had had good response. I have a Nike um, method, which yeah. is yeah, the, and it's the, the the head that I have is like a a semi mallet, so it's like a blades with a really small mount back. About, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, yeah, and um, I've just been kind of curious. I'm like, I wonder if I would do better with a, a an actual mallet versus a blade. So I was just trying some stuff out, and so I tried the Spider, obviously the three. And man, I, I just like it. And it has the same kind of feel that I have for that Nike method off the face. And I tried like some other putters like Scotty Cameron and it just felt like more of a thud with the Cameron to me. Yeah, I yeah, did not I, like I, it. I was I, like, Oh, I don't like this. Yeah. And I have the Cameron from this year and there's a little bit of thud, but um, I don't know. I, I seem to putt better with the blade putter. I got mine fitted in, in February with the sight line and everything. And he just said I lined it. I just lined it up better. Um, yeah, there's a there's a little more of a thud uh, with it, but I still I still like it. I mean, um, just because I play the Scotty Cameron, then I play the Pro V One, so it kind of just it kind of mirrors up with each other. Um, 
But yeah, I, I like I said, I don't think the the spider would be a bad one to go with. I think. Well, one is they've got so many models. Number two, if you wanted to customize it in the the tailor made shop, you could do that. So, um, you know, but yep. yeah, I I think that would be, um, I think that would be a, a good choice, and especially people that 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 struggle with solid contact. I think a, a mallet putter because it's what we're talking about. It's the high moment of inertia. So a lot of times the face will twist. The weights are on the sides, so if you hit it either here on the toe or the heel, it should go the same distance as the theory behind it. So um, that's why a lot of even PGA Tour players are switching to the mallet because it's more forgiving. It's like when the 460cc driver came out. It's longer, but it's also more forgiving. So that's why people use it more compared to a you know a smaller driver. But the days of the smaller driver are gone. The smallest driver you'll probably have nowadays is like 430 cc's, but most of them are 450 to 460. So. Yeah. And then also while I was there, I tried the, that trust putter that TaylorMade has. Yeah. That was, nah, I didn't like it. It was just, well, it just, it's, it's, it had a weird eyesight yeah. to it to me. It was, it's just awkward. Yeah. And in, in the, the, what I was, what I read about from the, the, you know, the research and design department is they wanted to create it like a truss, like, uh, you know, and, you know, a truss looks like this on a building and whatever. And that's where they got the design. Well, I don't think very many people, I, I've only seen it used by a couple of pros. DJ used it in his win. Um, oh, what is that tournament up in, uh, the travelers? He won one with it. It's travelers and Martin Keimer used it a few times on the European tour, but, I have not seen any of the tailor-made pros use it besides that. So yeah, it was just looking down at it. It just yeah. it's just weird. Uh, yeah, just odd. Yeah, well, the neck the neck design is kind of the thing that kind of draws away from it. I think the face and the the shape of it is not bad, but it's just the neck and the flow yeah. of that neck is the the thing that's kind of a distraction. Do you have any other uh, or just suggestions in general for anyone who may be looking? for gifts to give for a golfer well, or maybe something that maybe they should be thinking about well, to ask uh, as a gift? Well, uh, one thing is I'll say is if you type into Amazon, whether you have the app or Amazon and go to golf accessories, you can find anything from uh, a groove cleaner or a brush for seven bucks anywhere up to, you know, whatever. Um, two things that I plan on getting in the next year, and this is for me, one is the perfect putting mat. Yes, I know Dustin Johnson uses it, blah, blah, blah. But I'm not at the golf course every day, and I'd like to have something in my house that I can use that kind of feels like a regular putting surface. Now, there are a bunch of different brands on the market. There's a perfect putting mat. I don't know. What do you have, the, the birdie? I have I birdie ball. Birdie ball, yeah. Yeah, birdie ball, yeah. So they make a mat and thing like that, too. So there's a bunch of different brands. Um you know, they're, they're a little bit pricey. The perfect putting mat, the standard size right now is 20 bucks off on Amazon and free shipping. So it's one sixty nine ninety nine. So probably with tax, it's going to run you about one seventy five or so. The other thing I'm, I'm thinking about trying, and this has got a lot of clout over the past few years are the, uh, the, uh, speed stick, uh, swing trainers. So, um, now what I will say about this goes back to training. You do not need to just use the speed stick training thing, okay? 
it is a very small part of the training piece. 95% should be other things such as lifting weights or, you know, being out in the range, swing, things like that. If you want to use the speed stick or stuff for warm up or after a training session to kind of finish it off, you know, go ahead and do it. But don't be like, this is the only thing I'm going to do because that's not going to do anything. You know, all it's going to tell me is, and they wrote an article about this on Tyler's Performance Institute. All it's going to tell me is you can swing the club fast, but can you control your body when swinging the club fast? Can you get yourself into the proper position at impact, things like that? And the answer is if you're just doing the swing stick, probably not. That's why you got to expose yourself to positions with lifting and, and, and swinging the golf club and, you know, making those positions, things like that. So those are the only two things. Um, I know those are kind of expensive, but uh, just type in golf accessories on Amazon. Um, if you're looking for kind of gag gifts or stocking stuffers or whatever, um, Amazon does have a lot of stuff. Um, or PGA Tour Superstore, Golf Galaxy, a lot of these, uh, you know, specialty golf stores. So even, even Dick's has a lot of golf stuff. I'm quite impressed when I go to our Dick's down here. It's like, they actually have this? It's crazy, man. You know, but uh, yeah, that's what I would say. Yeah, I don't know if I have anything specific. I would probably just say, you know, go with whatever you need, whether that's grips or obviously a new, any new clubs, that's obviously expensive. But I mean, just go with whatever you think you need. You could also go for any of those apps. You can, you can maybe pay for an upgrade potentially if they have, I'm sure most of them have a paid version yeah. of some sort where you could track oh, a little bit more. Yeah, there's no, there's no question. There's, you know, Golf Shot, GPS, 18 birdies. Uh, golf logics. Um, a lot of people like using that because it shows the contours and everything in the greens and they have an upgraded version. Um, yeah, I can't think of the other ones, but there's a bunch of different ones. Yeah, that there's a ton. You can either search in the app store on, on Apple or the Google play store for any device that is Google too. So yeah, I would do that or, you know, yeah. I mean, just really anything you need. I mean, you always need some sort of like groove cleaner or something like that yeah. too. So or, folks, Joe just talked about the small businesses. If you have a golf course that you want to support, maybe think about getting gift certificates for that so people can use it for a few rounds, you know, starting in April or stuff like that. That's always a good one. You know, buying, yeah. a, buying a couple rounds or buying, a, buying like five or ten sessions on the range. I mean, that's another good thing. Yeah, any of those, even doing um, like some of these head covers, where there's smaller companies that make, you know, I think one of a kind head covers. They are a little bit more expensive, but they are pretty cool. Um, versus like, whatever, getting a lobster or a, a lion or something like that um, from Daphne's head covers. Nothing against Daphne's head covers, because um, yeah. I have I have a, gosh, what is it, a stormtrooper? But I mean, there's there's smaller businesses that are you know trying to survive during this time, so. Um, but yeah, or you could also, uh, get yourself a fitness program from someone as well. That would be uh, pretty good or get assessed to see how your body is uh, affecting your golf game. Yeah. He means buy it from Joe. You don't necessarily have to buy from me, but I do do some online stuff. So you could, uh, reach out to me, but there's lots of people that do that too. So whoever you feel most comfortable with is always good. Um, but another good gift. Um, for yourself or for someone else that you know who's a golfer. 
He's not going to say it, but I'm going to say bye from Joe. He's got some sales going on possibly right now, but he did. So, yeah. I don't anymore right now, but I do will tease that um, if you haven't listened to, I don't know, his episodes, uh, Gary Boys, he's been on a few times um, on the podcast here. And uh, he's a mind coach. Him and I are going to be teaming up for a little intro, like intro to team coaching for the golfer for Christmas and New Year's. So you're going to be able to get some, uh, like an intro session with both of us at a, I think a really reasonably affordable rate for anyone. And I think that would be pretty, a great gift for yourself or for anyone who's a golfer in your life. Yeah. So go buy it now. <laughs> yeah. Be on the lookout. Be on the lookout. Be, for on, that. The, be on the lookout in the next two weeks. Yeah. I'll, I'll toot George Holland so he doesn't have to do it. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much, I think all we have for, for this episode. Um, any, any last parting words besides, uh, have a happy holidays and a safe new year. Yep. All that guys, uh, we'll be back in, uh, with the monthly mash in 2021. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to Joe's, uh, podcast. Um, and then send us questions, you know, uh, especially for 2021 as the year gets started, like how can I, you know, get ready for this or this or this with either my golf game or fitness. So, um, probably that's kind of what we'll do in, in January. We may cover some beginning PGA tour topics, but just kind of, um, maybe updates on how your plan is going, what things you can add to it or fine tune. So, uh, don't yeah. hesitate to either contact us at the links below for our Instagrams. Uh, we're both on Facebook or in the healthy golf and, uh, was it healthy golf and beyond group? Something like that. Yeah. 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 I keep forgetting. And then, called, but that's yeah, all good. So any, any of the, any of those places, don't hesitate to contact us, put comments, um, send us direct messages, whatever. We're always uh, willing to get back to you in a timely fashion. So um, yeah, yeah we're always looking for suggestions, ideas, uh, maybe some new content or new horizons that we haven't crossed with this. Yep. And if you guys, um, Maybe this is your first time listening to this or you're just not sure. Um, I am a physical therapist and Andrew is a physical therapist assistant. If you guys have like an injury or a nagging pain or ache or, you know, maybe you're thinking about getting surgery or you're told you have to have surgery, you can get free unsolicited medical advice from people who have been practicing for, I mean, for me, at least seven years. I don't know how long you've been practicing, Andrew, but I mean, you can get about two years now. Yeah. Mm -hmm that's plenty. I mean, you've seen, you've seen enough at, in that point. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can get free unsolicited medical advice from someone who's not gonna, from people who are not gonna, you know, yank your chain or tell you to do the wrong thing. We're going to try to put you in the right direction. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, uh, thanks for uh, listening to another episode and we'll catch you guys on the next one. All right, that wraps up this episode of The Monthly Mash. Thank you so much for listening. As always, Andrew and I are very grateful for you to take the time to download and listen to us just kind of chit-chat back and forth. We hope that this was really helpful. The link to join the free Facebook community is down in the show notes. Make sure you check that out. Also, as uh, I alluded to, if you haven't listened to the episodes with Gary Boys, he is on episode... 
I believe it was episode 12, and then he came on for a two-parter, so episodes 19 and 20. And if you haven't checked those out, I recommend you do so. There are so many things that Gary drops in terms of knowledge to really help out your mental game when it comes to golf. Um, but the reason I'm, I'm talking about these is that Gary and I have teamed up for a holiday bundle, which includes... Uh, a session with me to go over uh, how your body could be affecting your game and a session with Gary to learn more about your uh, mental aspects of the game and what you should be focusing on right now to improve your game from, again, the mindset portion of golf. Um, If you want to check that out, the link to that bundle will be in the show notes as well. As always, super grateful again for you guys for listening. Thank you so much. And uh, that's that's about it for today. We'll catch you on next week's episode. Uh, Until then, keep working hard, keep striving for excellence, because when you feel great, you golf great.